You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Now, I've talked enough because I want to sit here and listen to the prophet Andre and uh, his evangelist friend JB have come all the way from South Africa. Uh, They are here for uh, a couple of months as they're not here, but in America, traveling and ministering all over the place. We saw them. Uh, We saw Andre and his family at New Life in Augusta. Uh, This this Sunday coming up, they're going to be in New York. Um, And so he's traveling all over the nation. He's also, they're traveling all over the world. And he has got a prophetic pulse on the local church. He has a heart for the local church. And he wants to speak to this local church today and give us an encouraging word. So Press Church, let's give an honoring welcome to Andre Bronkhorst. Amen. Thank you. It's wonderful to be back. Uh, Those of you that were not here two years ago, I think that's when I was last year. I don't know where you were, but I'm glad you're here today. And so my name is Andre Bronkhorst and uh, from South Africa. And I have a friend with me. His name is Joandre Potgieter. And so you can call him JB. And uh, back in, just because you can't pronounce Joandre, but I can speak in other tongues, speak Afrikaans, and so all the people in the plek. But he is, you know, still uh, English part, hele onthalve. Uh, we speak a different language back home called Afrikaans. And uh, my family speaks it and his family. And so we don't really use English at all. And so it's only when we travel, uh, we have to speak in English. So I speak three languages. I speak Afrikaans, English, and tongues. Those are the three languages that I speak. And uh, um, I'm glad that he's here with me. I'm going to ask him to just quickly come and greet you. Um, he's, uh, we moved to a town, I shared with the staff last night, we moved to a town called Mossel Bay, it's on the coast of South Africa, uh, four hours from Cape Town, we moved there nine years ago, uh, Lord told us to move, but it's been a long process to get there, and um, as soon as I arrived there, we didn't know anyone in the town or in the area, as soon as we arrived, um, the Lord uh, said to me, you know, in our process to get there, the Lord told me nine years ago to move there, but we never did. We said, yes, Lord, we will go, uh, but we didn't, never did anything. And then uh, I came back from a trip. I uh, was flying from Dallas to Johannesburg five years ago, and I arrived at the airport in Johannesburg. And when I arrived at the airport, the Lord said to me, I want you to go get your wife and children and bags and, and move to Mossel Bay right now. You're not allowed to go back to the home where you live. And so, but it's been a, a process for us to do that. So, I mean, I said, Lord, how do I explain that to my wife? Can you, can you talk to her about it? And, um, and so we made that move, and it was very strange because we don't know anyone in that area. We, uh, we, I never ministered in that area. We never vacationed in that area, but the Lord just told us to, to move there. And um, so we moved to that location, and uh, a lot of ministers in South Africa told me, reached out to me and said, you have to meet. Joandre Potgitter, you have to meet this young man in, in, in the town. He lives in Mossel Bay, he's born there. And uh, so I reached out to him and I met him. And uh, the first day when I met him, I saw the anointing upon his life. And the Lord said to me, the Lord gave me a word. And the Lord said to me that there will not be a stadium in South Africa that he will not fill for souls. And so I met him and he started already, he's been doing events then, but he started to do events, and uh, um, he does an event the first of every year in Mossel Bay called New Beginning. 
And uh, it's on, on the 1st of January. It's a major event. Uh, people come from all over South Africa to be at that event. Thousands of people come. And uh, the part of the word that I'm going to share with you tonight, I shared on the 1st of January at that event. I spoke to them about a word for the year season that we're in. But God's using him powerfully. He's an up-and-coming evangelist. And I really sense that God's busy raising up kingdom-minded people globally. And so there's a lot of no-names right now in the world that we don't know yet, but God's going to use them very powerfully. And as I believe, your pastors are part of that new breed, part of that, that new guard that we spoke about yesterday that God's busy raising up for this season. So I'm going to ask him to quickly come and greet you. Um, this is his first time speaking in English, no, second time. And so uh, uh, forgive him. Pe people say we have an accent, but you have an accent. I mean, so Johan Ray, please come. Amen. It is a great honor to be in the United States of America. Uh, you know, I've heard so many things about the USA. Um, I'm 28 years old, and I've known Andre now for about, I think, five or six years. It has been an exciting six years with this crazy prophet traveling the globe. And uh, he always told me, you need to come to America. You need to experience what's happening uh, on this side of the world. And I arrived about two days ago. I arrived in JFK in New York, and I, and I saw this is a busy place. I come from a small coastal town, and we know we don't do much there. We go to the beach, we have some coffee, iced coffee when it's hot. And so when I arrived in New York, I saw this is a big and busy place. So uh, it was a shock to me. But I like uh, towns like this. I told your pastor yesterday that if I move to America, I will consider moving here. I like the, the green grass and the big trees. It's very beautiful here. Amen. So I'm an evangelist. I'm 28 years old. I've been married for three years. I have two little children. A uh, little boy is two years old. His name is Judah. And then I have a little girl. Uh, she's nine months old. And her name is Leah. And I miss them tremendously. Um, to be halfway around the world away from them is tough. Um, but it's awesome to be around. You know, um, like Andre said, we do big evangelistic outreaches in South Africa. We see thousands of people come. Uh, across South Africa to, to sit under the preaching of the word. And we see multitudes of people getting saved and healed and delivered and walking into their calling. But when we started, we see thousands of people coming now. But when we started, we started with four people my first meeting. You know, the first time I was invited to speak at a place, um, they made a big thing about it. And they, they started marketing the event. And I was super excited about, you know, speaking at my first speaking engagement. And so I got my suit on. And I told my, my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, let's go. It's on a Friday night. We're going to preach the word of God. And so I thought it was going to be a big church building. And so when I walked uh, into the, the place, it was a home. And so the, a, a lady and a, and a man greeted me and they said, you can go up to, upstairs to the room. And so I walked up to the room and here I am in the bedroom with four, uh, four students. And in their bedroom, sitting on their bed. And they said, well, you are invited to preach here tonight. So, so I started preaching to that four people. And, you know, I was faithful with little, and God started increasing our ministry. We started reaching thousands of thousands of people online, on, you know, on social media. Our events grew from four to 4,000 and 5,000, and we saw the faithfulness of God. You know, and we, we got great momentum, and we see, saw great things happening in South Africa. But, you know, during COVID, I was a bit limited. We couldn't gather at all, and I got frustrated, and I asked the Lord, what's happening? Because I felt like... We were like on the peak of our ministry. We have great momentum. We are seeing thousands of people getting saved. Uh, what's happening now? And I felt like I was being punished in a sense. 
And while I was reading through the scriptures in Genesis chapter 39, verse 20, I read the scripture and I wanted to share it with you this morning. It says uh, the following words, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. You know, the Bible says that Joseph had dreams and visions from God that what God was going to do in and through his life. But then he went through a season where he was thrown into a pit and sold as a slave and betrayed by his brothers. Um, and he, he got in a situation where, where Potiphar's wife falsely accused him and said uh, he tried to make a move on, on her. And they threw him in prison. But when I read the scripture, the Bible says he was not thrown into any prison. He was thrown into the prison where the king's prisoners were confined. And so when I read that scripture during this uh, frustration season in my life, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Son, what we sometimes perceive as punishment, God sees as positioning. And so Joseph, Joseph was in a season of his life where he could have asked God, why are you punishing me? Or it might, see, might have seemed like God was punishing him. But behind the scenes, God was working and positioning him to be in the right prison because he was at the right moment, at the right time, to uh, lay out some dreams and to come before Pharaoh to ultimately take up his, his, the position that God showed him many, many years ago. And so in that moment, I realized that the frustration I am um, having in that moment is not punishment, it is positioning. And in that moment, we saw that our reach on social media went from a million a month to over three million a month. And suddenly we saw greater crowds coming to churches, greater crowds coming to our meetings. And I, I realized in that moment that what I perceived as punishment, God was uh, seeing as uh, positioning. And I want to speak a word over your life this morning. What you see as punishment, I want to challenge you to, to uh, look at the way God looks at it, to see the positioning behind the scenes. God is positioning you to walk into everything he has for you. He's positioning you to take up your calling and the mantle that he has specifically tailor-made for you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. This morning, uh, I just sense that God wants to stir up a hunger inside us. You know, I can present you the best meal, the best word that I can. If there's no hunger or desire, it will not satisfy you. We have a restaurant in South Africa um, that uh, it's like a buffet. And uh, as children, we grew up very poor. And as children, when my parents told us that we're going to go there on a Saturday, me and my brother would stop eating on Tuesday <laughs> so that on Saturday, <laughs> when we arrive, that we are ready <laughs> to eat as much as we can. And so um, now if we drove there Saturday on the way to the buffet and we stopped and had McDonald's before we went in, none of those food would look attractive because we have no appetite for it. And that's the same thing when it comes to the things of God, the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. If there's no hunger, if there's no desire, you know, we can have God with us in the room, but we won't have any appetite for that. We won't have any desire. And so this morning, I want to pray that God would stir up a hunger inside your spirit for Him, a desire for the things of God. You know, we were talking about sin this morning, and it's interesting that as soon as you take God out of something, sin is inevitable. As soon as God leaves the room, suddenly it's, it's overwhelmed by sin. As soon as we take light out, darkness starts to take over. In any situation, darkness, just sin just starts to take over the place. And so there must be a hunger and desire. But where 
where God is and His light is, sin is absent. It, can, it cannot be in light. It cannot be in that place. And we need a hunger and a desire. And I pray for that this morning for every one of you that's here, that God would stir up a hunger, a hunger inside you, not just on Sundays, but a consistent hunger that, Lord, I want you. I want more of you. Whether you understand the things of God or things of the Spirit, a hunger to say, Lord, I want more. You know, I was 16 years old when I saw someone prophesy for the first time. I was 16 years old. And when I saw that person prophesy, 16 years old, I said to myself, I have to do that one day or I'll die. I have to do that. I had such a hunger and a desire to, to function in that way. I had a hunger for that. You know, when I saw someone pray for a sick person in a wheelchair and that person stood up, I had a hunger for that. I said to, I said to myself, I have to do that. I have to do that. I want God to work through me and through my life and use my hands, use my voice, use, use me for His glory. And so I had a hunger for that. And today I still have that hunger. What keeps me going is not the traveling, it's not the flights, it's not the food, it's not the, what keeps me going is to see how God touches people, to see how He takes a person and their life's completely transformed. You know, it's, it takes us years to touch a person and suddenly God comes through His Spirit and in one meeting, it just transforms that person. And to see that happening, and uh, I want to just put emphasis on that again, that the church is still part of God's end time plan. I'm excited about churches. We need 10 more churches in this town. We need churches all over the place. You know, there's still only 4% of people going to churches on Sundays. I was just in Marco Island uh, um, two weeks ago, and in Marco Island, Florida, Sundays is boat day. You know, people go to the lake on those days. And so it, it must be a holy day again where people have a longing and a desire to go there. You know, in South Africa, it's, it's very interesting for us being in America because in South Africa, it is not allowed to host sporting events on Sunday. People go to church on Sunday. It's not allowed. And so it's strange to me that, you know, it's, it's the whole world is slowly drifting away where, where they don't even celebrate Sundays anymore. It's not a day set out for us to rest and to really just pause and give God an opportunity. And so we need a hunger. People need a hunger. America needs a hunger for God. It has to be awakened, a hunger, a desire to be in the presence of God, not just to be in a service for 15 minutes, 15 minutes of worship, 15 minutes of teaching, 15 minutes of prophesying, 15 minutes of announcement, let's go. No time where we stand still and say, God, we are here because of you. It's not, this is not about us. We've come to this place because we are here for you. You know, for many years, people and the church have used the Holy Spirit as a tool in their hands to accomplish what they want to do. And suddenly God is saying, it's time for us to become a tool again in the hand of the Holy Spirit. And not use the gifts or the Spirit in, in, in the way we want to and when we want to do it. But to be that instrument in His hand and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want of us today? And we are here today to worship God. We're here to celebrate Him. So when you come here to worship, you're not here. It's not about me today. It's about Him. 
And so if you put your trust and faith in me, you're going to be very disappointed. But if you put your trust in him, he will never disappoint you. And so I want to encourage you to stir up that hunger inside you for the things of God, what he has for you. Amen. I want you to read with me, and I want to share a word with you briefly for this here. And then I'm also going to equip you on how to respond to promises and prophetic words in your life. Now, in the beginning of the year, I wait on the Lord to get a word for us as a family. And uh, I want to encourage you, every business, every ministry, every family, husband, wife, wait on the Lord once a year and say, God, speak to us as a family. If you would ask him to speak to you, he would speak. And so get a word from God and say, Lord, what, what is, what give, give us something, a scripture, give us something for this year. And so beginning of this year, I do it every year. I wait on the Lord just to get something for us as a family. And the last couple of years, my intention is not necessarily to prophesy over nations or even our nations of Africa, but to get a personal word. But the last couple of years, uh, the Lord's been sharing words with me. And then he would say to me, okay, now take this word wherever you go and release that word. And uh, this year, the Lord gave me a word, and I'm going to release it over every person in this room. If you want a prophetic word this morning, this is your prophetic word. This is the word. This is the word for the year. I want you to grab hold of that and to, uh, to fight with that. And I'm going to share and equip you in that. And so at the beginning of this year, the Lord took me to the book of Exodus Chapter 33, verse 12. And this is a place where Moses comes to a place in his life, and Moses says, I need to know if you are still with me. This is not about the people. I need to know, are you still in this? And so Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And then God speaks to him in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, the last two, three years, we've been in a pattern of pushing and making things happen. When COVID happened, a lot of churches and businesses had to find a way to get going. Uh, South Africa had, had a major lockdown, and we had to find a way. We, we, we were constructed to 13 people in a meeting, and we had to push for 31. Then it was 15, and we had to push for 51. And so we had to push and pull. We had to make things happen the last two, three years. You had to go out there and push and work hard to get going again, to try to get momentum again globally, all of us have been affected in some way, shape, or form. And then suddenly, 2022 starts. It's so easy when we enter a new season to bring an old pattern with us into the new season. The old pattern is pushing and pulling and making things happen. And then we enter 2022, January, and then God announces that 2022 will be a year of rest. It's so easy to say, Lord, no, I just, I've been, I just figured out how to do this. And so now I need to let go. I need to release back to you, and uh, I need to trust you again. And so the Lord said to me that this year is a year, it's a season of rest. And now when we talk about rest, rest is not sitting and doing nothing. 
Rest means that we stand back and we allow God to lead. He takes the lead again. And in fact, when we rest and we hand over to Him, acceleration comes to our lives and everything that we could not figure out and do for many years suddenly starts to fall in place because we have entered His rest. Now, as soon as the Lord gave me the word, I started to do some research and studied a little bit, and I found that September last year, Israel announced a season of rest. And so right now in Israel, it's, the, it's a sabbatical year. They call it the year 5782, which is a year to let go or release. It's a year of rest. And so in the natural right now, if you go to Israel, there are feasts that's going on where they are celebrating it as a year of rest. In the natural, they are there. So early, earlier this year, I was invited to be in Israel, and uh, there's many feasts that's busy taking place right now. Now, I don't follow their calendar, but it was significant to me that it was announced that it is a time of rest, a time of letting go. Now, I want to explain this to you. If God tells you that it's a time of rest, the enemy is not going to approve of that. The enemy is going to do the exact opposite thing. And so if the enemy cannot push you from the front, then he starts to push you from behind. He gets you to do so many things, it gets so busy that you don't have time. And so it's very important for you this year to be wise and to make sure that God is in it. One thing that I'm, I'm praying personally this year is I'm saying, Lord, if you are not in it, I don't want to be there. I want to make sure that I am where God wants me to be. doesn't matter where it is. I, I need to know that the presence of God is with me. That's, that is my security. That's my provision. To know that He's with me. And so this morning, I release upon every person in this room that in this year, in this season, that the presence of God will go with you. That as you leave this place this morning, where you go, where you walk, you go to work, drive in the car, go into the shopping market, wherever you are, that the presence of God will be evident with you. The Lord said to me that we will experience His presence in a tremendous way this year. And so I, I, I'm experiencing uh, intensity of the presence of God where we go. And so it's a time of rest. It's a time of letting go. And I want to say to you this morning, let God lead in 2022. There's many things that we are involved with and God is setting us free. He is releasing things, things that you know, people often do, the hundred things that God did not tell them to do, but the one thing He told them to do, they don't. And so God was releasing us from things that's not from Him. And a lot of those things is people as well. Get ready for a time where God is going to set you free from relationships and friendships that's not from Him. So God's going to release you. Now, it's difficult for us as human beings because we want want everyone till death do a spark. We want to be connected to everyone. But there's some people that cannot handle the next season in your life. And Abraham took Lot with him, and Lot gave him a lot of trouble. And so you can try to be connected to that relationship, friendship, but at the end of the day, it's just going to harm you later in your life. It's going to make things difficult and complicated later. And so it's a time of releasing. It's a time of letting go. And so I want to encourage you, the more you're trying to hold on and steer and control things in your life, let God lead. Release it back to Him. Give it to Him. Trust with Him. 
uh, Him with it and see what God will do with your life. I've noticed that people often wait till the, till the last minute before they let go, before they release. So old lady in South Africa that drove her car, little Volkswagen car on a, on a dirt road, and she was speeding very fast on this dirt road, and the car started to slip. And she uh, rolled the car, and she ended up in hospital. And so the pastor came to visit her in hospital, and he said, what happened? She said, well, you know, the, the car started to slip. And uh, he said, what happened then? She said, well, I said to the Lord, take the wheel. And so he said, what happened then? She said, Pastor, you won't believe it. God rolled that car three times. <laughs> and so often we wait till the last minute. God says, let me take lead. Let, let me take it. And, and we know in the same way where God told me to move and move and move, but I kept on postponing it. And this is what I want you to hear. It's very important. The thing that is supposed to be a blessing in your life, the thing that's supposed to work for you, then starts to work against you. And so suddenly you end up in a desert place, a desert, desert experience. It was never God's intention for you to be there, but because of disobedience, you're putting yourself in that place. And so we experienced that. Suddenly the water started to dry up in that season of our lives and it became very difficult, very tough for us. And God said, I told you three years ago to leave already. But the problem is three years ago, it was raining. It was all, everything looked well. You know, we didn't know of the drought that was coming. But God said, it's time to go, it's time to move. And we have to learn to be obedient when he speaks to us to act upon that word, to trust him. Even though if we don't understand it or see it clearly, doesn't make sense in the natural because everything looks fine. Why do I need to move? Yet God's preparing us for what is to come. And so that we will not end up in a desert experience. It's never God's intention for you to go through a desert time. We put ourselves in those times. If we would just listen to his voice and be obedient, we would enter the promised land and what he has for us. So I want to end this morning with 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, and help you to respond to the words, prophetic words, promises that God's giving you throughout your life. Throughout our lives, so many times, moments, divine appointments where God speaks to us. You sit in church on a Sunday and you listen to the entire sermon, and then there's a moment in that sermon where God speaks to you through the word, through a prophetic word, through the worship, you know, through the music. He speaks to you through someone in that, in that moment that, that makes an announcement, whatever it might be. God speaks to you in that moment, and those are prophetic words that's being prophesied over your life. This morning, I don't have the ability to minister to everyone, but the Holy Spirit has. And so He's busy ministering to each and every one of us at the same time. And those moments where, you're, where it interacts with your heart, in your heart you know that the Lord's busy speaking to me right now. You know, you immediately there's a, there's, a, there's a peace inside your spirit that, that God is saying something to me. Those are, that's the voice of God that's speaking to you. And it's important to acknowledge those moments, write down the time, the date, and be obedient to what he's saying. Because he's preparing you, he's taking you to the promised land, he's taking you to a place of overflow. It's not his intention for you to get stuck into a season of dryness in your life. He wants you to move. And so the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, and so Paul writes to Timothy and he says, it's an area where, Paul calls him his son. Now, we know that Paul is not Timothy's natural father. So he is his spiritual father. He's his mentor. He's busy discipling Timothy. 
And so he says to him in 1 Timothy 1.18, he says, Timothy, my son. And what he's referring to is my, my son in the faith. It's not his natural son. He's saying that I want to teach you. I want to help you. I've got so much knowledge. I've got so much experience. But I want to teach you to make it easier for you in helping you to respond to prophecies and words and the voice of God in your life. And so I'm going to give you the instruction right now to make it easier, not to make your life more difficult. I want to help you, equip you. He says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. He says, Timothy, throughout your life, you're going to get many prophecies, many promises of God. But I want to teach you how to warfare with those promises, what to do with it. What's the best way to fight with those promises of God? He says, and this is how you're going to do it. He says, you're going to fight the battle. This is how you're going to fight it. Not by fighting evil spirits. This is how you're going to fight. You're going to fight it by picking up the word, by recalling the prophecies once made about you. The word recall, actually, where's the, the, the farmer? You've got cattle, right? Who's got cattle here? Okay. That word recall is actually symbol of a cow that's chewing, chewing grass. And it keeps on chewing that grass, and it keeps on getting more and more nutrition out of that grass. It's chewing on the word. That's the, that's the symbol of that word recall in the ancient text. It's, it's meditating, chewing on it constantly, getting more and more nutrition out of that same thing. And so he says that by recalling it, the word recall also means to bring in remembrance again. It means to look at it, to read it, to see it, to put it up. That by recalling the prophecies once made about you, you will fight the battle well. So I want to encourage you about the promises, the things that God spoke to you throughout your life. Scriptures. You know, all of us have scriptures. When I was 16 years old, there was a scripture that God gave me. That scripture is still applicable today in my life. There was these moments where God gave me things. I sat in sermons, and I, I got something out of that sermon. That's a prophetic word. And he says, this is how we'll, you'll fight the battle well, that by recalling it, looking at it, reminding. You know, we don't have to remind God of his promises. We have to remind ourselves. God knows. We forget. He says, recalling it. This is how you're going to fight the battle. Now, being a Christian does not exempt you from being attacked by the enemy. I want you to know that. But what it does, it gives you the right to claim back sevenfold when he touches you. And so the enemy is not going to make it easy. It's going to try to stop what God wants to do in your life. No doubt. He will try to do the exact opposite thing what God's saying he's going to do. But the word tells us that we can call, claim back, sevenfold. And so if he touches you, it's going to cost him a lot. It's going to be expensive. But it doesn't mean that it's just going to be easy and everything is going to fall into place. He's going to try to oppose what God wants to do in your life. And often the exact opposite thing. God says that he's going to accelerate you, then suddenly the opposite thing happens on Monday. And we think, Lord, well, what, what, what happened? It's what happened to the disciples. He said to the disciples, get into the boat. We are going to the other side. That's what he told them. 
and then they get into the storm. He never mentioned the storm. He just told them that they're going to go to the other side. And so they got into that boat and they got into that storm, not because of disobedience, but because of obedience. Often we think when the storm comes, we, we think we did something wrong. Maybe you did something right. And so they, got, they were in that storm that day, not because of disobedience. He told them to get into the boat. And so they got into the boat. They got into a storm. But he was trying to put their focus on where they were going and what was important. If he had to put their focus and target on the storm, it would have consumed them. And so often when God speaks to us, he speaks to us on a need-to-know basis. He doesn't tell us everything. He just tells you what's important. You can go to the other side. Because if he would tell them that they're going to get into a storm and cry like babies, they won't get into the boat. They won't even move. They'll say, say, send someone else. We're not going. So he just tells them that they're going to go to the other side. That's what you need to know. And these, this is the words that you're getting through the scripture and through the sermons is God tells you what you need to know. I'm sending you to land full of milk and honey. He doesn't tell them there's people already living there. He doesn't tell them they're giants. None of that. Just tell them he's sending them to that place. And so a lot of what we get is in part. When I prophesy, we prophesy in part. We don't know everything. God tells us what is important, what we need to know. Because if we would focus on all the other things, we would be too afraid. Often we say, give me more, but I'm not sure if we can handle more. If we would really know the full picture, you know, we might not go. So many things that happened with us the last couple of years. And I mean, if God had to tell me in the beginning, I, I wouldn't have left South Africa. I would have just stayed there. But I mean, it turned out incredible. There's been such incredible things that happened on the journey. And we've really learned to live by faith and to trust Him more and more. It's God's intention to get you the, to the promised land. As a father, he wants the best for you. He doesn't want you to camp outside. He wants you to enjoy the benefits and the fruit. And he's really trying very hard to do everything he can to get you there. But God cannot override your decisions. You have to choose. You have to make your decisions. He puts life and death in front of you, but you have to choose. And so I want to awaken this morning prophecies, words that were spoken over you over the years. 10, 20 years ago, things that God said over your life, those words are still valid. I want to awaken those words. Awaken that you would warfare with those prophecies. Recall them. This is how you will fight the battle well, by picking up the word and fighting with those words. Amen? I'm going to end with a testimony in Durban, South Africa, a coastal town on the other side, not Mossel Bay, Cape Town. We have a city called Durban. And a lady in Durban that we know there, she is a single mother, has a four-year-old, and uh, she started to go to church with this child, and every meeting that she would go to, they would randomly pick her out, out of the crowd and minister to her and to that child about the future of that four-year-old child, what God will do with that child's life, the anointing, the ministry. At the age of 16, that child will do this, 17, 20, 21, all these dates about the destiny of that child's life, four years old. Suddenly at the age of five, the child got sick. This is a recorded testimony in South Africa. I went to the church myself. I've been there in those meetings. And uh, five years old, and so Mark, where Leon came from, Mark Brim comes church. 
uh, you know, as a person. And um, um, five years old, the child got sick. And uh, the mother took the child to hospital, and uh, they had to admit the child, and she went back home to get clothes and things for the child. On her way back home, the hospital phoned her and said, it's critical, you need to come back quickly. The child is not going to make it. And she drove back, rushed back to the hospital. Before she got to the hospital, they phoned her and said, the child's dead. The child passed away, four years old. And so this single mother didn't know what to do in that moment, but she remembered every word that was spoken over that child's life. She drove back home. She had every prophecy typed out, every promise that God gave her was in that child's room. She went, took all of those pieces of paper. She went back to the hospital, and a single mother raised her own child from the dead with those papers. She put it next to the bed of that child, and she said, I refuse to take this. God said, at, five, at six years old, at 16, at 21, this is what this child's going to do. Refuse to accept it. I want to try to explain to you the power of the word. The word's very powerful. It contains everything in the word, the written word, the spoken word. It's full of power. And this is what I'm speaking about today, not my words. I'm talking about the word of God. When God speaks to you, he gives you that prophetic word, that promise, there's power in that. And if you would hold on to it, that power will raise your situation from the dead. It will bring business back to life. It will bring your family back, your children back. There's so many parents that have words over their children's lives, and then their children start to go against the will of God. They have to know that, that they can recall those words. I said, this is what God said over my children. I'm calling it back. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for every person here this morning. Well, I pray that you would remind us this morning, Lord. I pray, last 10, 20, 30 years, words that were spoken over us, sermons that we heard, where you really moved us and spoke to us. Father, I recall those prophetic words, those promises. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that those words are still valid. Even though time has passed by, they are still valid. And so, Father, I pray that you would remind us, Holy Spirit, remind us of words that were spoken over our lives, words that's so relevant in this season where we are right now. Even though it seems dry, those words are still alive. And, Father, we hold on to those words, and we will not let go of that. I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give. God, some praise. Thank you both. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, enjoy your giftings. Um, as we get ready to head out today, I want to give you all an opportunity. I know we already talked about giving and all that. Um, we support him uh, regularly throughout the year. Um, there, are, there are men and women that have blessed my life uh, that we support as a church. Um, and we're going to bless him no matter what. But if you want to sow into him and his ministry, um, you can uh, fill out an envelope as you leave and just write Andre's name on there or on a check, write Andre's name on there as you head out. And whatever comes in, we're going to give to him as well. But I want to give you an opportunity to sow in uh, to this man of God and the ministry that's going worldwide. Um, you can also follow him, Prophetic Life, Andre Broncos on uh, Facebook. 
um, Prophetic Life uh, dash uh, Andre. You can go on there and uh, see his adventures. Um, they were um, at Billy Graham's uh, facility trying to get on, uh, sneaking over uh, uh, to see some of their facilities, uh, and, and they're traveling all over the place. And so the stories that they have, the opportunities that God just places in their lives, um, the buildings and the people that they find themselves ministering to all throughout the world is amazing, and, uh, and what you're sowing to will, will bless them. So let's stand up as we get ready to go. They've got a flight today. Uh, so we've, we've got to feed him and, and get them uh, back on the road. So keep them in your prayers as they are heading out um, and traveling to the next place to do ministry. And so, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the word that was presented. We thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what it's supposed to do. Father, we believe that each and every one of us received a word from you today, and we choose today to warfare over it, to fight over it, to recall it, to bring it back to mind. Father, the words that have happened in the past that we've received, Father, I thank you that Holy Spirit, even now, you are reminding them of it. Oh, there's a tape over here. Oh, there's a journal over here. Oh, there's a CD here. Oh, I can go here. That there's a place somewhere that you're reminding them even now of a word that you spoke to them as they're going through their studies this week, as they're reading the Bible this week, that you highlight and remind them of a word that recalls and inspires them and encourages them to warfare over the word, that we will see the hand of God move in our lives. Father, I thank you for Andre. I thank you for JB. We speak blessing over them. We speak protection over them. Every flight that they're on is protected and on time, Father. Every meeting, every encounter that you have for them is a timely meeting to help them as their ministry grows. Father, I thank you that you're blessing them. You're speaking to them. You're encouraging them. Father, I thank you for their families, their wives, and their children, that you're you're with them now. You're protecting them now. You're speaking to them now. You're helping them now, Father. I thank you for this time together as we get ready to go through the rest of this year, not to be busier, but to rest in what you have for us. Father, I thank you as I prophesy words over this congregation right now, that they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and they're blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. The word says that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield, that the, they have favor with God and with man, and everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I prophesy over their bodies right now that by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed, that they have the mind of Christ, that their body is the temple of the Most High God. Father, I prophesy over them right now that they are the salt and the light of the earth, that everywhere they go, they diffuse the, na the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ, and that when they go to work, when they go home, when they go to their neighborhoods, wherever they go, they change the atmosphere with the anointing that's on their lives. They light up the atmosphere and they dispel darkness wherever they go. So Father, use us this week to minister and to speak life and to minister the gospel into these people's lives as we interact with them. Now Father, bless them, protect them, keep them safe in everything they do and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.